Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to Two Black Guys with Good Credit, the show for the financially curious and the financially knowledgeable. And Happy New Year. Let me say that to all of our listeners. 2021, my dude. And everyone in the room, Sean, Karen, Happy New Year. Happy Happy New Year. Year. So let's get this show started, yo. Yeah, we got to go into the bag. Thanks to the people that listen to our show, bro. That's right. It's my new cool California voice, bro. Is that what that is? That's what it is. We got to go into the bag, pay tribute to our fans, and answer their wanting questions all right well cool so to kick off 2021 (laughs) we're gonna start this with some mailbag questions and i'll start it off our first letter it comes from andrew andrew says hi i'm a first i'm a new listener to your podcast show in my opinion your podcast is very entertaining and informative i recently made the decision to start improving my credit and i am currently searching for good investments for beginners A couple of nights ago, somebody randomly sent a friend request message to me. And after accepting the friend request, she's offering to teach me Forex and Bitcoin trading. She asked me to message her on the app called WhatsApp. She asked me for my details, such as my full name, email address, country, state, city, and phone number. She also sent a link to a website that I would be using. I listened to your investment scams. Don't get got episode several times. I don't want to get got. So help me, please. Sean? Well... First thing in order to get God, if someone randomly finds you and just messages you, to me, that's that's a flag in itself. You know, I think if you want to learn about investment and trading, you should look for go to reputable sites, read the reviews. You know, I'm always running from the D word, Karen. You know what that word is, Karen? You know me, Karen. The I'm scared to know what the D word is. What is it? Desperation. Oh, if I'm just random. What you think? If I'm just randomly fucking <laughs> people and messaging strangers and trying to ask for, and get them involved in something I'm doing, it can't be that great. I think that's the first red flag. But she could have opened up a door for you by saying, "Hey, I may have interest in forex, and I would do my own homework first, and then go to reputable places that have uh, that are some form of legitimacies." And you know, you can only get got by the money that you invest. Remember that too. So, 
if you're just sharing information, just sharing information for, with you, then you can't get got. But if you start cash apping and, and selling money over, then that's when you start getting to I can get got stage, you know? Right. Yeah. Nobody ever chases you to give you money. People, there's, they have whole companies to chase you down to get your money, <laughs> but no one ever, <laughs> no one ever hunts you down, finds where you are, messages you on WhatsApp, desperate to give you money. You know, there's no such thing. I'll show you the light. Prince. Right. No, there's no princes. There's no for, there's no magical Forex. There's Forex. So you have to like do it yourself. Uh, but we have some great tips for you. If you're brand new to saving, you don't know what you're doing. It's fine. We've been there. Try uh, set it and forget it cookie jar type approach. There's apps like Acorn or Chime. Those are apps that will round up your debit card purchases to the nearest dollar or nearest whatever amount and set that amount aside, or you can set aside amounts automatically. There's also, and those go into a savings account. There's also something called a robo-advisor, which is exactly what it sounds like an advisor, but it's not a person. Um, the examples are M1 Finance or Betterment. Those are really highly rated ones. There's also investing apps that are really beginner friendly, easy to use and let you buy fractional shares. So it means you can buy a dollar's worth of whatever share you want instead of having to buy the whole thing. One of those is Robinhood. I use it myself. I think it's great. Or try an investing platform similar to Robinhood, but it has built-in transparency and also education, something like public. Exactly. Public is perfect because then it has people of your likeness investing as well. And there's forums where you can talk and chat and, and kind of get, you know, opinions that, you know, are not where they don't have an ulterior motive. Let me go to number two. <laughs> And this one was coming out to me. Hi, Sean. My name is Elizabeth and my credit sucks. How do you suggest increasing my credit score ASAP? No, oh, everybody wants ASAP. Yeah, exactly. Everyone wants ASAP, but I don't know if ASAP is always going to be there for you. But you can start ASAP. Now, I don't know. It, it may take you a little time. But Karen, I would suggest you look into debt consolidation. Um, you look Love into... It. Paying your bills on time. Like it That's less, but a, so cool. Yeah, paying the bills on time is a great start. <laughs> uh, look for any errors in your credit report. Well, actually, I should amend that. Get your credit report. Yep. Right. Um, and then look for any errors on your credit report. And then focus on paying down the cards that are close to the limit. So but I, I was just to add to what you're saying and piggyback off what you're saying. You know, I, people just remember the simple rule. You can correct things that are an error on your credit report, but you can't correct bad things on your credit report that are true. All you can do is move forward and start paying on time and do the right things and the right practices, and your score will increase. And, you know, some tricks like Matt just mentioned, debt consolidation, because that will get one equal payment, and it'll look, you'll look less desperate getting back to my word. And things, the cards that are not maxed out, well, also, if you can bring those down a, a lot, that will show, once again, less desperation. This show is all about desperation, Karen. <laughs> I'm not pointing Love any fingers, that for us. <laughs> I mean, I, I literally felt a finger pointing as you said that. <laughs> but uh, here's what I've done, okay? I, all, I, I, like you, Elizabeth, love ASAP. You can enroll in auto pay. I hate dealing with my bills. I freaking hate it. Every time the month, I can't believe I, it needs me again month after month. So just put it on auto pay and it'll just out of sight, out of mind, but everything gets paid on time. Make sure you've got money in your account. You can use an app like Credit Karma to accomplish the above. Get your a couple credit reports and monitor your accounts to dispute any inaccuracies. You can do it right in the app and you can gamify the experience by watching. Your, it notifies you as your credit score increases or decreases. It's so much fun. Not the decrease, but you get it. And also you can increase your credit limit 
for example, by not closing existing cards or opening a card without increasing your spending. That's important. Don't get into more debt. And this increases your credit utilization ratio, meaning it looks like you're using your credit really wisely and that helps your credit score. When all else fails, go to your frugal Jewish parents. Karen, get them up. <laughs> well, and if you don't have that, I would say this, Karen, you can also you can make significant gains in your credit score. I mean, just don't be unrealistic. It took people a while or it took decisions to put your credit score in whatever condition it's in. So you, you right. have to put in the work to get it out, but it can be done and it can be done, you know, with, you can make some, some quick gains if you do the right thing. So, right. I mean, you can make, you can change your habits ASAP, but the credit's going to take a minute. Agreed. All right. Well, one, from one Karen to another, uh, our <laughs> next letter it comes from Steve from Philadelphia. He wrote, hey, guys, I love the episode with Karen Parsons, uh, The Art of the Pivot. I worked in retail for a number of years, but because of COVID, my hours have been reduced big time. I would like to switch careers, but clueless as to where and how to start. Any suggestions? Well, I'm always about passion. I don't think, you know, once you find something that you're passionate about, you just see the work come out. Like, you know, I've been... I've had the privilege of working with Karen the last few months and I see her passion. It's like, it bleeds from her and you Thank know, you. and he's the work that she puts in when things that she's that passionate about. And I, myself too. And, and Matt, I've, I don't even know, I can call Matt at any time. And when he's on a project, he's up working, you know, cause he's passionate about what he does and his projects. So I'd say it starts now with figuring out COVID gives you time to reflect and think. So I would be like, figure out something that you're passionate about. And if there's a business behind your passion, what you can do. Maybe you need to hone your skills, get better at what you're passionate about, but focusing on your passion will lead to something, you know, to what you really truly are put on this earth to do. Also right. then you should look at the current job market during the pandemic and see what jobs are scarce and what are needed. Like we talked about it in our, a couple episodes ago with Cadence that, you know, I think supply and demand has just shifted to other areas. So, you know, if you still want to make widgets and, uh, you know, you love my widgets analysis <laughs> in a non-widget environment. There's always a need for widget. There's no such thing as a non-widget environment. Just, as you know, as we do this show, Karen is elegantly putting on her lip gloss, everybody. So try to figure out what's in demand out there. And there are a lot of things in demand in this COVID period time from, you know, PPE stuff to the demand for vaccines, to the demand for home entertainment and figure out if there's something, if there's, your passion can fall in line with what the current demands are, you know? Right. And honestly, if you, if you have a lot of passions or passion is, uh, you know, sometimes everything is fun and interesting and you like it. Think about the things that number one, things you already do. Um, maybe it might surprise you that the thing you were meant to do is something you've been doing all along. Maybe you've always written, but then you had some like a day job. Um, maybe you have always liked to cook, whatever. And also, Something not only that you do that you love, but that energizes you, something that gives you life when you do it, that is probably a good direction to head in. There's also great platforms like Fiverr and Etsy, Fiverr with two R's, that let you offer products and services to anyone who can just look you up and expand the reach of your product and service, or if it's a product and service kind of thing you're trying to do. And 
you know, you might have a good job, actually. You just might not like it. <laughs> and there hmm. might be opportunity where you're at to work with your company, work within your job and see if you can actually transform it into something better. Maybe you work for a startup and there's all kinds of room to create the job that you want. And don't be intimidated by this big mountain that's ahead of you. I know it's really, it seems like a lot to change careers and it is, but embrace little small actions that aggregate, even if they're imperfect, it's going to be a kind of messy journey. Like journeys always are, but you're going to get there. I would also Amen. chime in that, you know, as you're trying to pivot and change careers, it's, it's may not be easy and there may, it may be, you know, some bumps in the road, but one thing you can do is, is work on your job hunting skills. So check out our job hunt episode, listen to that, where we talked about different things you can do when you figure out what lane you want to get into, like using LinkedIn, using some of these services to help you to get your foot in the door with whatever lane you decide to jump into. So that would be a great resource as you're working this uh, job switch lane uh, for your career. Yep. And I would just say this to add, take a breath. Change is good. Welcome change. Accept it. You know, change is a beautiful thing if you allow it to happen. We so resist change and try to stay in our same self place, same place and don't really understand how beautiful change can be. You know, so I would just say embrace and welcome change. That was beautiful. That was Thank so you. deep. So that leads to the next question, Matt, Karen. What do you think a good down payment for a home should be? And should I get pre-approved before I start looking? Well, I'll take this. First off, down payments are determined by the value of the home, your credit score, and if you're a first-time buyer. So I would say this, it's never too early to start looking. A home is a major investment and you should understand the business of buying a home before you pull the trigger. I would suggest, you know, to look below and beyond what you can afford to understand the market. So when you're ready to buy, you don't need anyone to verify if it's a good deal. You already understand the market. And getting pre-approved for a mortgage is a little bit of a shortcut to get yourself to a mortgage, see what you can afford. And you're gonna need five things. The first one is proof of income. So that means W-2 wage statements from the last two years, recent pay stubs, additional income like alimony, whatever you're making, good for you. Uh, two years worth of tax returns, the most recent ones. You're also gonna need proof of assets that speaks for itself. You're gonna need good credit, like we said. You're gonna need employment verification. They're gonna need to call your employer and make sure that you actually have a job. If you're self-employed, there is a lot more paperwork for you to do, so you can look that up. Um, but they're going to need to look into your business and your income to make sure that you are what you are. And there's going to be additional documents like a driver's license, ID, social security card, so they can run a credit report on you. Just to sum up, I've been in real estate for a number of years, and I've met so many people that call me up about they want to buy the ready buy and didn't know nothing. Like this is one of the biggest purchases you'll ever have in your life. And one of my former bosses always say, like, know your business. Like when you go meet with realtors, professionals, the banks, you shouldn't go in there naive and acting like you don't know what's going on. You don't know the process. You have to start to learn and educate yourself on the process because this, like I said, to repeat myself, it's one of the biggest purchases you will ever make. So take the time to know. And in information, you can go to University of, Google, of YouTube and Google and figure everything out. And, and, and so that make sure that when you do buy, you're making a sound decision and you know what you're getting into. Right. And, you know, the point of getting pre-approved for a mortgage is to establish your credibility as a home buyer. Because, you know, let's say there's a tra an attractive home, there's going to be a bunch of people competing. So it shows a seller that you have your stuff in check, that you're serious and that you're not risky, that you won't be denied a mortgage if they decide to sell you their home. 
All right, well, let's move on to back in the bag, question number five. It comes from Dawson in Virginia. He says, hey, Matt, I love the HBCU episode, and I'm now seriously considering sending my son to Howard. Regarding wow, the- great. Yeah, That's that, good. That is dope. We changed lives. Um, and he says, regarding recruiting athletes, I'm in agreement with you, Matt, but do you think scholarships should also be given to sports that don't make money for the school? Uh, okay, great question, Dawson. Actually, um, I have a niece who attended Howard, and she um, went on a track scholarship. I think she received like $18,000 her freshman year uh, to apply to her her tuition, so that's not bad at all. Not at um, all. And that's and track is not like you know the big the big money sports in college is, is usually you know football and basketball. So um, and and if you look at some of these HBCUs, they offer an array of sports um, from bowling even and, and you know lacrosse and things like that. So I would say this: if you listen to that, so you're episode, okay with a four year scholarship in bowling versus like an academic. You're okay with that? That's well, what you're it, it's not. It's all, all <laughs> I would say it's a yes or no question. All, okay all scholarships. Full scholarship, full run for bowling. Well, what I was saying is there's scholarship dollars that could be available to all sports. You may not get a full ride if you're on the bowling team. Maybe so you're, you get, you're okay with somebody getting even partial tuition paid because they got a bowling scholarship. I mean, what's the difference? Like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, it's like you're you're acting as if one sport. They're all games. You're playing a game. So if if that game is is the sports junkie, the biggest sports junkie ever met is okay with a bowling scholarship. Karen, like you're. I don't really. Laughing. To me, it's like the sport. What's is, the difference, is, though? Yeah, what's a scholarship the, is a scholarship, a and a sport is what I mean. Because listen, you're what talking you, to like, a non-sport playing white girl scholarship thing. Because because what? How can you, what you like? Mean? Why should somebody go to school for free because they can bowl well? But somebody that like is good in psychology. Good in biology, math, like that's a false. What is that question? First of all, people who are great in academics get scholarships all the time. Academic scholarships are like the main kind of scholarship. And second of all, everyone is incentivized. Students are incentivized. But even if you're not great, if you're not, the school is incentivized to attract great students. You know the answer to this. Also, Sean, a lot of times schools want a cross section of different things. They want a music department, so they will incentivize some of the best musicians to come to their school. They want athletics. They want academics. So if you're trying to lure at, uh, students, I don't really have an. If you want to change the argument, should we give scholarships to things that we don't deem valuable to our long-term lives? That's a different argument. I, but if schools are offering sports scholarships, the question was, are they offering them just to the big money sports, or do they offer them to the smaller sports? And like I said, my niece got a track scholarship. Is track changing our lives collectively? No, but if <laughs> on campus they want a cross section of from athlete athletics to to arts to academics, you know, what is the premise of giving a scholarship to an athletic scholarship? They want a cross section from the arts to the to sports to academics. They don't just want a bunch of one type of student. Let's see. Is there any historical fact? Then? I'm not saying you're wrong. Though. So. Colleges and universities offer athletic scholarships because they've decided that if you're going to have an athletic program at all, you might as well try to win. It makes the school money. They want to attract the students that they want and incentivize them to come to their school instead of a different school. 
And if you're competing against schools that give scholarships and you don't give scholarships, your chances of winning are quite poor because athletes who might have enrolled at your school are instead going to go where there's scholarships. So it's highly competitive and they want to attract the best talent that makes money. They spend uh -huh. money and they make more money. It's a business. It's a business. I get it. It's a business. Okay, there we go. That's the truth comes out. It's a business. Yep. Truth teller. That's what I am. So what is this point now that you think you're making, Sean? That school, uh, that colleges are a business? Is that the, the yeah. what we've just now? <laughs> you know what? Let's go to the next question. That's why you should pay these damn athletes. have to get a salary. That's how we answer the question. These athletes deserve to get paid. Since it's a business, Karen just pointed out. Agreed. Okay, so my question is, well, well, how many well, credit that was an awful. No, we're not. No, hold on. We're not going to end on that. Note. That has you just twisted my Clock man's question. That was an brilliant. awful way of like like twisting this into some negative. It's like well, but here's the thing: is it though? Because here's the thing: you know, it, it's it's not a bad point to be like, look, it's great that people get these opportunities to go to awesome schools because of scholarships. But at the end of the day, it is a freaking business, and you know who's not really getting paid? The athletes. They get they get money to go to school, but they're not making bank how the college is. This is a for profit business. It's a racket. Okay, but I just feel like we totally we're we're, we're doing a Bikram yoga oh, this stretch. Is completely different. Like, yes. It's okay, but I think it's important. I think any even when but talk about like our job on a mailbag is to answer the question. But we tried. We didn't. Oh, we get did there. an amazing we job. Yeah, it's okay. This is like yeah, it's, it's okay. They, they want to hear us say whatever our we want to say. We tried. Right, well, well, Dawson, uh, uh, Dawson, if I'm going to give you one final word on this. <laughs> to answer your question, yes, there are scholarships available for the other sports. You don't have to be a football star. Some schools, you just have to do your research and see what schools are offering scholarships. There may be a school that has a music program. Yeah, you'll get it. You can other get a ping pong that, that, that there, there may be. So you have to do do your research. But yes, is the answer. Great. Okay. Dawson, there'll be a part B. There'll be a follow-up to this in our next mailbag show because I'm not done with this because I just think this whole business thing of this athletic scholarship and you're riding around campus, Mr. Big Dog on your bowling scholarship and my mid-level psych psychiatrist or physics guy has to pay the full ride yeah i know the exceptional physics guy the will get a full ride premise. but the mid but the mid-level guy the mid-level biology guy has to pay the full tuition okay that's my point on to the next question anyway. what you're making the a guy goes for free. you're making an argument that is not even on the table but anyway why don't you go on to the next question sean number six how many credit cards do you think are too little and how many are too much well Oh, this is from, sorry, sorry. This is from Gene in, uh, in Niagara Falls, Canada. Okay, Gene, I, I would put it like this. Credit cards are very personal. Uh, so, so, you know, there's pe different people who have a different answer on what's too little or what's too much. But I would say, first off, I wouldn't suggest closing a card that's not being used unless there's an annual fee. This will increase your credit utilization ratio. Um, I also think you should definitely have more than one card. Um, and I don't think you should be married to any credit card. So, um you have to learn how to use credit because credit's so important. So you should probably have at least one credit card so you can figure out how credit works, play with credit, maybe make some mistakes, fix them. Um, you know, there's an inherent inconvenience to credit cards or some security, other benefits. But if you can't afford to pay your bills, then even one credit card is way too many credit cards. However, Having an array of credit cards, and by array doesn't mean a million, it means a couple, can allow you to earn maximum available rewards on purchases. You can look into the rewards that are important to you and have a bunch of them going at once. 
And some conventional wisdom, again, decide for yourself, is that you might want to have at least three cards, two that you carry with you, one that you store in a safe place at home. And this way, you should always have at least one card that you can use. So if something happens and your card gets stolen or canceled, you're still going to be all right. Yeah, I agree. Like I have my my, you know, I have my cards categorized. I have some I call like my bottom cards, you know, bottom and they're like if I need to balance transfer, if I need to do something, I'll I'll use them. There's my everyday usage cards and my cards that I use for like grocery store and drugstore type things. And so and like I said, if 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 you know that you're going to be charged annual fees for your card. You're not actively using it. I would reconsider uh, not you, uh, closing that card, but or even downgrading the card. Downgrading a card is a wonderful thing you can do because you can still get the benefits of having the card open and not resting up utilization rate, but not actively using the card. So, right. and, and every card's personal. Like you know, I just went to the drugstore tonight. I bought some stuff for my son. And I'm always, they're always suggesting, do I want to use points or pay cash? And I was like, you know, I earn enough points every month that I, the stuff that I have to buy from every month, I can just use my points for it. And then I really don't have to pay for it. And I was like, this is good. I used to just use my points for just mostly travel hotels but because of COVID. I haven't been traveling much. I've kind of earned a lot of points that I was unused. So now even just knowing that the monthly things that I have to get at the drugstore for my kids, I can actually pay with points. It's a beautiful thing. Sean, do you have a personal number for yourself of how many credit cards? I have quite a bit of credit cards, but a lot of them are at, most of them are at zero balance. But I'm saying I'm actively only using like two to three cards every month, to be quite honest. And that's Sounds enough to right. juggle. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, but great answer. Um, before we go any further in the mailbag, we actually have to uh, take a little sponsor break. So everyone stay tuned for more of In the Bag with Two Black Guys with in Good the Bag. Credit. 2021. 2021. And we'll be right back. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger. Feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to Two Black Guys with Good Credit. Happy New Year, everybody. We are in the bag reading your viewer mail. So uh, let's pick it right back up. We are at letter number seven, and it says, Hi, my name is Tony from Los Angeles. I've been living in the United States for about five years. I'm originally from Russia. I'm so confused about what to think about America. The government and the people say it's a true capitalist country, but the government and the public are promoting giving out $2,000. Isn't that a form of socialism? What are your thoughts? Mm. <laughs> you got to let the Canadian respond first? Or uh, let me let, let the Americans go first. Well, listen, when it is about America, I don't, I, I'm curious oh to know who's saying God. this to you. <laughs> I've never so heard bad. that, but listen, I'm sure whoever that is telling you this means well. However, most systems are some kind of combination of both. There's not really like a pure capitalist system in a country, like a pure socialist system that really kind of doesn't go incredibly wrong. Capitalism, in case we didn't know, is based on individual initiatives and favors. It favors the market over government intervention. And socialism is the other way around. It's based on a lot of government planning and intervention and a lot of limitations on private control of resources. So most economies tend to combine elements of both. So on one hand, pure capitalism, which is the most extreme form of capitalism, is also called laissez-faire. And which are you lecturing right now? Are you like in a lecture hall? Right? Are you picturing yourself on top of a podium right now? Can I finish like my TED talk? Professor, can like, I oh finish God. one TED talk without <laughs> interruption about on this Americans, show? I will say, when you start questioning anything to do with America, they get into right in defense mode. It doesn't what color, creed, or crease. They just okay, like, well, what? You, what are you saying about my country? Let's no, let her finish. Here, we okay, give it to Tony. We don't like it. <laughs> so <I know. laughs> pure capitalism is called laissez-faire, which means leave it alone, <laughs> meaning the government doesn't interfere at all with any kind of checks and balances. It's just the market running amok. And it has some disadvantages, as you might think, like like uh, pollution, because there's no limits, uh, diminishing non-renewable resources, disproportionate distribution of wealth or income. We see a little bit of that now. High unemployment rates and economic instability because the nature of the capitalist system is cyclical. On the other hand, you can have a purely socialist system. Again, probably not, but theoretically, where all the decisions about legal production and distribution are made by the government. Individuals rely on every single thing uh, on the government for everything. The government determines prices, outputs, everything. Disadvantages can include and do include slow economic growth, much less entrepreneurial entrepreneurial opportunity and competition, which may be why you're here in America, and a potential Whoa, lack of motivation. That was a body shot. That was a body blow. Due to lesser rewards. If you're here from Russia to the United States, it might be for the capitalism, if I had to guess. Well, well let me jump in here. So Tony, from, from, Tony from Russia. Tony, you don't want to mess with Karen the. Brooklyn, the Philly, Brooklyn Jew. <laughs> well, here's the thing, Tony. Uh, I think you might want to reread or re-research some of the the history or some of the philosophies that you think that you're getting when you're hearing. You say you're confused about what you're hearing. I, I also, also, I don't know what the public is promoting, or, or you say the government. The, like, here's the deal: the United States has plenty of socialist policies, socialist aspects. Like, you know, it's all from Social Security, the, the government or the, the military, free education for elementary school kids, transportation, infrastructure, health care system, Medicaid, Obamacare, like the, the whole the Federal Reserve Bank, 
social security, public parks, libraries, transport. It's like the whole country. There's so much, so many social uh, social programs. Like this is not new. So and 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 there's people like not to get deep or or, or be Debbie Downer, but we are in a pandemic. So there's people who are not doing well. So for the government to step up as a as a safety net to help as people are struggling without work. Like I, I, this is not some this physical, philosophical debate that it seems like you want to have seems to be a little petty. No disrespect, Tony, but at, at this point, yeah, there's some socialist uh, socialist aspects of the country. That's that's just is what it is. There's communism and there's capitalism. Socialism's kind of in the middle, but democratic social socialism is even closer to capitalism. But yeah, it's all around the country. So, Sean, you seem to agree with Tony with your, your some well, of your remarks. Let me just say this, remarks, Tony, so and, and I don't understand. And def- your defense, Tony, I can understand where you're coming from. You know, it feels like a little, you know, to me, kind of hypocritical. It does feel like, what is this? The country's on welfare. Everybody's getting social assistance. You know, everybody's getting a government payout. And Did, I, just, I just read I all understand. the things that the government gives. So I, I, I let you speak, Mr. America. I let, I let the Jewish girl speak, too. Can the guy from Canada speak a little now, too? I would like you to I, address the litany of socialist uh, aspects that are already in existence before you go on and pontificate. Can you do that, Mr. Kennedy? Oh, Drop the pontificate oh, 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 on you. Big Scrabble word. <laughs> I know he doesn't, so want, he doesn't I, want to I, deal with the facts. He I wants to say, pontificate. I was, Damn right. I was going to say I understand why the government would need to get involved because the economy would fall apart and it would crumble. So we did, because of pandemic, we did need somewhat of an inter- intervention from the government Hence why they gave out these, stim- it's called stimulus, to stimulate the economy and keep the economy moving forward. Coming, not living in this country long enough and kind of not understanding because America is a land of the great, which I do believe it is. I wouldn't be in this country if it wasn't. I think America is probably, if not one of the best countries in the world. I Damn love right. America. Be best. Go so on. I, I understand from, it's, it's a tough call to kind of let Adam Smith freehand just take course and, and see what happens because a lot of people would suffer. And so there has to be some form of government intervention. Well, it may seem like a payout, may seem like a, a welfare uh, government assistance check to be given out. But I think in drastic times, it may be called for. And I think, you know, the good thing about these stimulus checks, they really did stimulate. And they really did keep the economy question, buzzing moving forward. Yep. Huh? You're evading the question though, for me. Like, yeah, there's, forget the stimulus. The whole country is built off of socialist tenants. Like, like look at all these other aspects. This is a false premise that oh that was that's but Canada, america there. preaches capitalism who capitalism, is america we're americans we're not you're not immigrant that. you're not an immigrant you don't know from us immigrants coming to this country we just think of pure capitalism so that so it's your own and then perception. when you come in you see the social programs going on you're like this is not what i was expecting i can understand why you didn't want any social programs you don't want a firefighter to come to your house when it's on fire that's not how america promotes itself to the rest of the world america, I america, america does not promote itself like lawless, that as a lawless cesspool with no public services whatsoever, but you can make money. That's what you thought when you came here. And Sean, you're saying what America we promotes thought, this we broad, think the Tony what Tony Montana dream. Like we think it's like immigrants that come. You keep saying like, Sean yeah, is you so gonna... full of it. Sean, you really woke up in 2021 and chose this, didn't you? <laughs> I thought we were gonna choose the path of reason. <laughs> this is really a, no. horrible, a horrible argument, and you keep using these umbrella broad show. America promotes this, and we immigrants, they, like first off, let's not lump at you, you with all the immigrant opinions, and America with one broad stroke <laughs> presentation to everyone that you're. You, what you should say is, I, Sean, thought this, and now I realize that was not correct. That's yeah. what you should say. Start the sentence with I, Sean. That's the lesson. 
okay, you guys are not going to hear me say this, but I'm going to say it. Are you going to say I, Sean? No, America's becoming Canada-ish. It's trying. Becoming, it's trying to, it's trying like, to get I free health care. This is what like, someone's hard-headed and doesn't want to listen. Never, the I gave you, you a list. Oh, <laughs> <I> poor <laughs> Canada. Poor Canada. My passport had no value. Now you guys are trying to be Canada-ish. Why are trying you making free this about, No one asked about social Canada. Government, trying to have baby. I'm just, I'm going there, bro. No one asked anybody about Canada. See, America is defensive. See, no, I don't see, care. It's just like America, why, the land that, of the defense. How, how does that come to the conversation? Like, Canadians what, are so annoying. Oh Yo, my god! Exactly. <laughs> what about <laughs> us? What about us? Shut up. You're just <laughs> For all you Canadian listeners, please disregard that comment that Matt just said. We know we'll, we'll turn off your electricity. That, you guys keep talking like this. We what? provide the whole electricity on the eastern seaboard. We will turn off your lights. You Don't really came started. to America and chose chaos. <laughs> we are a <laughs> land of order. We are a land of services. We are a land of capitalism. Get your Canadian chaos out of our house. <laughs> that was a horrible Ooh. answer, Sean. Let's move you on so to the next it. question. Well, because this was a nonsense answer. <laughs> Karen, I, I, Karen. This one is to you, Karen. All right, go on. Karen, my name is Lisa. I love your parents. Thank you, Lisa. My parents are Turkish, and I can relate to exactly what you experience. Any financial or budgeting tips that you can provide to new immigrants? Oh, it's another immigrant. Oh, right. it's another immigrant. Oh, love it for you. In America. Can you provide Lisa with any tips? Sure. First of all, Lisa, congratulations. Home of the free and some capitalism and some socialist things too. I have a couple tips for you. And again, this is not, my parents could probably give you some really awesome tips. I am. Your parents need to open up an Instagram account. Now. Coy, are, are, are they a million percent they need to take over TikTok. I am an American girl, even though I wasn't born here. So my spending habits <laughs> and saving habits might be a little bit different from an immigrant. But this is what I would tell a new immigrant coming here. Number one, open a bank account. Get that squared away. It's really important for you to have a bank account because you need somewhere safe to put your money. You can't just hoard cash. If you keep all your money in cash, it's quite risky. You could lose everything in a minute. You could get robbed. You could lose it. As and simple as that sounds, you're so right, Karen. So many immigrants come and they don't want, they're scared of opening a bank account. That's I totally, so totally get it. I get it because you're kind of establishing a paper trail, you know, whatever, but you need to also mitigate risk because you're- Can Tony open one too? Sure. If I mean, it's the capitalist dream here. Matt, can Tony open an account? Can Tony open an account? Absolutely. Tony from Russia. Okay, just making you're, sure. You're That's a little good. bit vulnerable if you're an immigrant, so you kind of want to mitigate risk, right? You already took a risk in coming here, so you want to hedge your bets a little bit. So I would say step B is to figure out your fixed mon monthly expenses. It's going to be a little different here than it was back home, obviously. And if you know what you have to pay every single month, then you know how much money you absolutely need, how much money you have to find a way to earn, how you're going to survive, what you might have to do to get that money. And secondly, if you know your fixed expenses, then you can manage your extra money. Well, if, if I might chime in, I mean, I, I have not met Karen's parents, but, Delightful. Um, but just from our own research and conversations, I would chime in and add a few points. Um, also, you, you should decide your financial goals for the next six months. Um, maybe start a sa start saving for an emergency fund. Personal finance experts generally recommend having an emergency fund amount equal to about six months of expenses. So if you and your family need 2000 a month to survive, your goal should be to have 12000 stashed away in a bank account for emergencies. And finally, read books and listen to podcasts about personal finance. Maybe Two Black Guys with Good Credit. 
uh, and you could find some others. But as a newly arrived immigrant in this country, it's important to learn about the basics of the country's financial system. And as they say, knowledge is power. The more you can teach yourself, the better chance you will have of making smart financial decisions. This will also help you avoid big mistakes. Yep. And there you go. All right. So that brings this 2021 inaugural edition of the mailbag to a close. I felt I I was fighting for all of us immigrants in America. You were not. You were fighting for yourself because most immigrants. Tony, Lisa, Sean loves you. I don't know about these two other people, but Sean loves you. Immigrants just heard you say that and said, we're good. We love you. All Ellis Island people shouting you all out. True. million percent true. We do love you. I'm just going to shout out all the people out there who are uh, thinking for themselves and not speaking an umbrella blanket (laughs) statements like Sean. We got love for everybody, though. If you're a blanket statement person like Sean, we got love for you, too. So, um, like I said, this brings this episode to a close. And I'm one third of Two Black Guys with Good Credit. So I just want to thank you guys for listening. Like I always say, nothing changes if nothing changes. And I hope this pandemic changes and ends soon. So, Karen? I'm Karen Margolis, as you already know. I am a third of Two Black Guys with Good Credit. And as I always say, don't even sweat 2020. It's all in the past. Look forward to 2021. It doesn't matter what you've done. It matters what you do next. And I'm Sean, the better and always right half, two black guys with good credit. And like I show every I like I say every show, your money is your money, even in 2021. Keep it in your damn pocket, good people. And we love you and looking forward to more two black guys with good credit. And I'm out of here. <laughs> Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.